anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, Johnny Profita, broadcasting from deep in the Aegean Sea. I am in the Greek islands. For the next uh, week or so, enjoying the, the nice weather here, nice beaches, nice people. The tail end of my trip, I got nine days left until I start the uh, the journey back across the pond. I'm not looking forward to that, but at least it won't matter if they lose all my luggage. And uh, yeah, back with me, of course, is uh, my better half, Justin, the hillbilly boy Campbell. What's going on, man? Not much. I'm getting ready to take off on a journey of my own. We leave on Friday for Montana. I'm going to spend a week at my uh, wife's stepfather's. Uh, we're going out to see my wife's mother and uh, two little sisters. And her stepfather's family owns a massive ranch out there. And so we're going to spend a week in Montana in the mountains, hiking and berry picking. And we're renting a boat and doing horseback riding all kinds of fun stuff all kinds of hillbilly stuff i may not come back i I may i may just disappear out into the mountains and become a mountain man this will be the last y'all see of me i remember you know back when the the whole covid thing started i almost went to just montana like got a cabin in montana i was thinking about renting one and just hanging out there for a few months but uh, my plans changed, I think, for the better. But yeah, that was um, a friend of mine spent like a couple months in Montana. What's one of the lakes there? White Lake or something. Something like that. Uh, yeah, should be a good time. A lot of nice uh, stargazing as well at night, looks like, because there's nothing out there to, there's no light pollution. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> there, uh, the ranch is like hour or so away from Glacier National Park. So we're going to go to Glacier. We're going to, we're driving out there. So it's a 29 hour drive, but about halfway we'll hit uh, Mount Rushmore. So we're going to spend a day at Rushmore and, and see the sights there and, and then drive the rest of the way out. So it's going to be fun. It, it's going to be, it's going to be a stressful trip because it's me and Stephanie and all three of the kids who live in the house with us, plus her oldest daughter. So we will be cram packed in my tr- Luckily, I have a very large truck. Uh, we'll be crammed in. It'll be good, though. It'll be fine. And you're going to go, what, worship some uh, white supremacist, racist founding fathers, busts <laughs> on the side of a mountain? Yes. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Should be fun. I've never seen it. Uh, never seen it in real life. Just uh, 
just in pictures and movies and things. I heard it's not as big as it as it looks when you see it on TV. I'm, this will be a first for me too, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you are. You and your racist uh, white supremacist ways. <laughs> so speaking of, uh, I'm all about know, those founding yeah. white supremacists, right? Speaking of that uh, white supremacist patriarchal society of America, what's been going on over there? I've, I've been hearing a lot of different reports. We've uh, we found cocaine in the White House, shockingly. And yes. uh, it's anybody's guess as to whose cocaine it is. No, but we, we may never know. In fact, that's the official statement from Capitol Police is that we will likely never know whose cake cocaine it was originally it was found in the uh in the in the library like right next to the oval office and so they were like oh well that doesn't mean it was hunters even though it's been reported that that's the place that hunter spent most of his time whenever he would visit the white house they're like well that doesn't mean it was hunters that's an easily accessible area that anybody can get into so it could have been literally anybody's and then everybody started pointing out well yes if that's the case, then they've got cameras and like there are logs that tell who's in there and out of there and stuff. So by that measure, we should be able to look at the cameras and we can find out who it is that's been coming in and out of there and who left it. And they're like, well, actually, it, that's not where we found the cocaine. It was in this other room that's like really secured and like it's very limited access. Only like cabinet members and really important people can get in there. It's like, wait. So what you're saying is a member of Biden's cabinet had the cocaine in this room. And and also, if that's the case, there's logs and cameras. So you should be. Well, no, no, that's not actually. Uh, so it's like the story has changed four times in the course of a week and a half. It, we we will literally never know because they're not going to try to find out right. because they already know. And, and you would think being professional politicians, they'd be much better at lying about it. Like, think through your lie to make sure all your bases are covered. If you're not going to get to the bottom of it, come up with a lie that sort of explains where it was and why you can't find out who it is. But if it's if it's a place that has logs that you have to sign into, or if it's a place that's covered by security cameras, probably not the best explanation for it if you're not going to get to the bottom of it, which... You know, it's uh, I think I, I tweeted about this. It's got it's got all the um the hallmarks of, uh you know, the, the covid origin story. <laughs> it's like the most obvious well, explanation is probably the explanation. Uh, well, at one point, at one point, they were trying to say that it that it may have been left behind by the Trump administration. Like, well, hold up. You're telling me this shit's been sitting in here for three years and nobody happened to like stumble across it at any point. And then the reports came out that like they clean, like they deep clean this room regularly. So definitely was not left behind from more than like a week and a half ago. Right. And you would think this day and age with all the, the security and technology we have that it shouldn't be too hard to figure it out. I mean, they can find people that were, mixed in with the january 6th rioters uh insurrectionists um they can track them down from you know street cameras from like three blocks away or something <laughs> it's like can't figure out who dropped some cocaine off in the white house all right just pull fingerprints off the baggie maybe i don't know it's like something really basic and simple like that seems like 
seems like it would be a pretty easy uh solution to yeah 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 it must be nice to uh just flaunt all the rules and get away with everything <laughs> i mean the whole like the whole stipulation for hunter's uh gun charges getting dropped and stuff was that because he's an addict they were dropping the charges and on the stipulation that he stay clean and then like two weeks later they find cocaine in the white house and now they're just going to brush that under the rug because obviously it's like we all know whose it was and that would be a clear violation of that and then we you know that would stir up all the shit to i don't understand why the republicans aren't pushing for this to like pushing for something to be done to look into this like they've been eerily quiet is it because all politicians are doing cocaine and so they're like eh Probably. maybe that wasn't mine yeah <laughs> yeah it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if it was uh the big guys either because he's got to be on something to help him get through the day so I'm, I, you gotta do something to keep you awake yeah uh for at least a couple of minutes while he's pretending to give a speech or something I keep seeing more and more videos surfacing of him just be like unable to walk. And I, I just can't, I can't believe he's going to try to run again in 2024. That, that's just insane. He he is so out of it. And so like just feeble and weak looking and he has just no idea what's going on. Why, why do it again? Why go another four years? Maybe if he Maybe if he wasn't high, he wouldn't be quite so honest. Uh, did you see the the clips where they were questioning him about sending the cluster munitions to Ukraine? And he says it's because they're running out of ammo. Like <laughs> you can't just you can't just tell a reporter like in the middle of the fucking street. Yeah, we got to send Ukraine cluster munitions because they're running out of ammo. They can't keep fighting with without ammo like and then he doubled down on it and said it again in like an actual interview like, yeah they're running out of ammunition so that's why we're going to start sending them this stuff like okay just advertise to russia hey you're guess what you're winning they, they're out of ammo <laughs> yeah and we're gonna get more involved uh than we ever ever claimed we would be uh, i forget what the parameters were that that joe biden laid out at the beginning of this conflict where he's like yeah, that would be a declaration of war if we're sending him like F-15s or something. <laughs> and we, we've done everything that he said we weren't going to do. Everything that would be considered um, a declaration of war without actually declaring a war. And now it seems like they've exceeded that with uh, cluster munitions that have been. These have been ruled uh, deemed illegal weapons of war by like a bunch of countries, if I got that right. Which is always like a weird thing to me. <laughs> so it's interesting. I guess it's interesting. Uh, the United States, Russia, Ukraine, and China do not recognize cluster munitions as illegal weapons of war. But the entire United or uh, European Union does. Most of South America, and a lot of there, a lot of countries do. Most of the like the the united nations and the nato countries that uh have been you know supporting ukraine in all of this they're the ones who are the most staunchly against cluster munitions and yet 
here we are getting ready to go against them and and send that stuff in. And the really fucked up part about this, I don't know if you how much you've looked into this. They are authorizing sending cluster munitions that fail the safety standards. That's what they're going to start sending because so there there's a certain there's a certain threshold of like failure rate. So the way the cluster munition works is it's a bomb that goes off and then it drops like little mini bombs that that then go off. And so you expect a certain rate of failure of the, you know, the little smaller bombs that don't blow up. Well, what ends up happening is those like sit in fields or in streets or wherever. And then a civilian comes by later on and picks it up or some little kid comes by later on and sees this thing and picks it up. And they're like, oh, look, that's cool. And, you know, shake it and blow their yeah. fucking face off. So that's why this stuff is considered an illegal weapon of war by so many countries is because of the collateral damage that it does later on. But also there's a certain failure rate that's allowable. Well, we're going to start sending stuff that has higher than permissible failure rate because they just need weapons so badly. So now, you know, we're going to be basically cluster bombing Ukrainian children and farmers for the next fucking 20 years. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah that's great. We're get, getting rid of the, the stuff that uh, we can't use because it's no good. And just give them give them all the shitty bombs. <laughs> yeah. All in the name of uh democracy and freedom for Ukraine. Remember all those people that were like, if I need to pay five dollars a gallon in gasoline so that this girl can like live free in Ukraine, then I'm willing to do that. And uh fast forward about a year or so, and, and now they're willing to uh risk blowing up that little girl in Ukraine. In the name yeah. of, I don't even know what, what what we're claiming to fight for anymore. We're not fighting for anything. We're just fighting against Putin. That's it. We just got to stick it to Putin. Yeah. We're fight we are fighting for the military industrial complex. Because So I was reading a report on this. Like the way this whole thing works is we say we're sending Ukraine all of this uh, military aid and all of this money and all of these weapons and stuff. And what we're actually doing is we're we're cycling out our old equipment that we don't need sending that shit over there and then the the financial aid in of the uh the military aid side of it that is going to raytheon and all of the big like weapons of war manufacturers so that they can build new tanks and new weapons and stuff which then our military gets so we're sending them all of our old shit taking all of that billions of dollars that's supposed to be military aid military financial aid that's going over there pump that into our military industrial complex and churn out more shit for us so i mean works out great for us and if you're one of the you know dozens of politicians who are in the pocket of raytheon and all of these other big uh you know weapons manufacturers it's working out great for you too but yeah, I mean, we're we're not really doing anything for Ukraine in the long run. We're we're giving them old shit that we needed to find a way to get rid of anyway. It's why we left all that shit in Afghanistan. Like <laughs> that wasn't like new equipment that we left over there. That was stuff that we didn't want anyway. Uh, so that like, and all the stuff that got left, I'm sure they got like a tax write off or something for that, and then turn around and kick that right back into the system and make more. Like it's the the war machine churns on and on. It, it never on. it never yeah. stops. Yeah, well, you almost have to do it. It's like it reminds me of like prepping 
You know, when you have all these like canned goods and they're about to go bad because the, the end of the world didn't come when you expected it to. And so you have to get rid of all the old stuff so you can put new supplies back in there. The uh, the pharmaceutical. Uh, yeah, the pharmaceutical equivalent of this is like with the patents expiring, <laughs> they're going to like they'll change like one ingredient in the you know, in, in the drug, whatever the drug is, they'll add like an antacid to it or something. And then they get to remarket the whole thing, triple the price and start a new whole patent cycle on it. Yeah. These complexes, they just keep going and they find ways to perpetuate their, you know, multi-billion dollar business. Of course, they're going to do that. That's where all the incentive structure is. And it just, it just turns out that the, um, the military industrial is just like the most evil fucking, thing you can imagine like they're perfectly willing to kill people in order to to make money yeah, pharmaceutical industry too but um just in a less grotesque way i suppose i guess that's in the eye of the beholder <laughs> yeah yeah the, the pharmaceutical industry doesn't want you to die they just want you to be chronically ill for your the, your entire existence like, and, and addicted to things at least the military industrial complex is up front about it. It's like, yes, we a hundred percent will shoot you in the face. We do not care. The, the 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 pharmaceutical industry is like, no, no, we're trying to make you better, even though this thing that we're giving you is probably gonna make you suicidal. And if it doesn't make you suicidal, it's gonna kill you with kidney failure or some other thing, or it's gonna drive you fucking insane. We want you to get better. I mean, at least the military industrial complex is up front about it. It's like, yeah, we absolutely hate you and we'll shoot you in the face. Sorry. Right. Yeah, and then when we when we run out of those people, we'll find some other people to kill. And the pharmaceutical industry is just like, hey, you know, if we give you if we give you ten side effects, we'll create another drug to get rid of one of those and give you an additional ten, and we'll just keep drugging you up and fixing the the problems that the drugs uh, create with a new with a new drug. Brilliant fucking business I plan. Any, I don't take anything like at all. I I run between two and three miles every day and eat whatever junk shit I want. And I take nothing and I'm healthy as a horse. Like I, I don't ever go to the doctor. I, like I told my son one day, cause he was, he had, he had like the sniffles or something like something basic. He's like, Oh, I need to go. I need to go to urgent care. I was like, motherfucker, you need to grow a pair. It's like people who go to the doctor all the time are always sick. It's like people who don't go to the doctor, are never sick. You ever wonder what the connection is there? Like sick or healthy people don't go to the doctor all, all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I rarely. It, it would have to be something like really serious for me to go. <laughs> You're talking to a guy that walked around with a broken wrist for like three months, <laughs> like that kind of shit. Uh, yeah, I just don't. I don't do it. I don't. I don't get uh, sick very often either um exercise a little bit yeah eat pretty much i mean i try to eat relatively healthy but i mean yeah i'm especially on this trip i'm being a fucking oh man disaster eating like fucking crazy drinking way too much so it's gonna it's gonna take some detox after this one but i assure you there will not be no doctors involved i'll do it myself i mean and that's the problem is like if you go to the doctor they're going to look at you. They're going to tell you that you've got all these things wrong. And then they're going to put you on all of this shit to fix the things that are wrong. And now all of the shit that they put you on will create new things that are wrong. And so then you have to go back to the doctor and they're going to tell you that you got these things wrong too. Like just, yeah. 
throw out all the fucking pills, drink plenty of water, and work yeah. out. Eat right, exercise. I mean, it's time. not yeah, it's not a complicated formula. We've pretty much known. I, I know the the things that you're supposed to eat and you're not supposed to eat. They go back and forth on a lot of that, you know, like eggs and things. But uh, in terms of the the formula for you know losing weight and being healthy, it's it's pretty simple. It's just nobody wants to do it. Uh, you, human life expectancy has started to go back down over the last several years. Like you know, it it had been going up and up and up. Like we were living longer and longer, and then and and it wasn't like COVID. It was before COVID it had started to turn and go back down. Like they, they have drugged people into oblivion and now it's affecting our lifespans. Yeah. Well, and all these processed foods that they're churning out that people are eating. It's, it's so bad for you. I mean, like the stuff that you just buy pre-mixed and pre-made that people that don't know how to cook, like, you know, you go, even when you go to like the grocery store, um, in like the city or something there's pesticides all over everything it's just yeah they're killing us in uh every single possible way that the government can figure it out like uh what were we talking about would they allow a certain amount of arsenic <laughs> in something i think you were talking about that on the show every so yeah there are i'm trying to remember what it is um i don't think it's arsenic but it is one of those like poisonous things that there's a certain allowable amount in different foods and stuff uh like i think meat has a has a maximum allowable amount of uh of human uh, human tissue that's permissible in in certain meats and stuff yeah like, hot dogs i think have they've discovered human dna in a lot of hot dogs and, and I, like if like i've said before if there is a maximum allowable amount that can go in it you are getting every bit of the maximum allowable amount they're not like they're not trying to keep it below they're only trying to keep it enough below that so that they don't get a fine because if they cross that threshold then they get fined and if if a batch comes out every once in a while that does cross that threshold and they're like yeah we'll pay the fine whatever ship it like they're not they're not recalling that yeah and then um interestingly enough both arms in the grinder right? yeah, yeah that'll be fine yeah, and this is with all the FDA regulations and the inspections and the government up your ass if you ever try to sell a, like a beverage or an alcoholic drink or a, a food of any sort. Uh, you got to be in a sterilized kitchen and blah, 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 blah. But we'll also allow all this fucking disgusting poisonous shit as well, as long as it's small amounts. And then you have companies like I'm a, I know Hebrew National was like one of two hot dog or two or three hot dog brands that didn't have any human DNA in it. Uh, so there are companies out there that that pride themselves on serving. I mean, I don't know if hot dogs is the best example, but it's just like uh, I guess take any like kosher Jewish kosher food like they regulate themselves. They don't need any uh, FDA regulation uh to to make sure things are kosher like they that's just put, they, should, <laughs> they should put that on the billboards zero percent human dna in our hot dogs yeah is... <laughs> i have no idea what else is in there but um no people <laughs> yeah you don't want to know what other dna is in there but no human dna we, yeah we managed to keep all of our employees from 
accidentally getting their arms caught in a grinder. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I haven't had a hot dog in a while. Oh, I think I had one from Costco, like maybe a few months ago. That was probably the first one I'd had in a long time. I uh, bet you a Costco hot dog had the maximum amount of human DNA. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, but it was only a dollar fifty for a hot dog and a drink. Soylent hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, but that yeah, I don't eat a lot. I don't fuck around with the hot dogs in Mexico very much. Um, there anyway anyway i don't even know how we got on oh yeah because we're talking about uh industries yeah it's an interesting (laughs) tangent (laughs) well speaking of uh eating hot dogs if uh bidenomics keeps working out the way it is that's the only thing any of us are going to be able to afford Uh, yeah i remember when they were bragging about on the fourth of july a a year or two ago like hot dogs are going to be 10 10 cents cheaper or something or the whole meal was going to be 10 cents cheaper yeah we saved you a dollar 20 on your fourth of july meal this year thanks my gas is only three dollars a gallon more than it was last year right and of course yeah i just can't imagine the level of balls to go on some sort of like parade about the economy during the biden like there's there's absolutely nothing you could point to that's a good strong signal of the economy at this point unless you of course just uh cherry pick the you know the the amount of time that you're going to talk about inflation he's like oh, inflation's down uh like 40 <laughs> percent. it's like okay yeah, but it was up uh, like a thousand percent before that. And so it's still it's still four times higher than it was before Biden took office. Not that anything that Biden has specifically done is the only cause of that. But the idea of bragging about the economy and calling it Biden and like putting your name on it. That's how delusional this guy is. Corrine Jean-Pierre, for all of you wondering, what is Bidenomics? 13.2 million jobs created. Unemployment has remained below 4% for the longest stretch since the 1960s. Inflation cut in half. Almost 800,000 manufacturing jobs created. That's that's Bidenomics there. Yeah, and of course, I guarantee you, I, I don't even need to look at, at those uh, jobs numbers, but those are all the jobs that they shut down during COVID. 100%. Like They, they uh, forced these people out of work. They made it illegal for them to go and do their jobs. And then when they open things back up, oh, the job, look, we created 13 million jobs. No, you didn't. Well, that's you the didn't. thing. You just is, restored the 13 million jobs that you destroyed before that. They, yeah, they keep touting this 13.2 million jobs created, except that it was something in the neighborhood of 16 million that were lost. So we still never restored all of them. Unemployment has remained below 4% because the way they track their unemployment numbers is once people's once people stop looking for employment, they just don't count them right. as unemployed anymore. And, and I think like, it's two weeks. So a bunch of people after COVID, yeah, like a bunch of people after COVID just never went back to looking for a job. So now they don't count as unemployed because they're not looking for employment. So they're just, I don't, I, I don't know what the term would be for that, but it, yeah, they, they don't well, they, yeah, they don't, the they don't get included in the labor force. So the labor force participation rate um i'm i'm sure is i don't know i don't know where the number is now but i bet you it's pretty low um if you're not actively 
see, I don't know if the Biden administration has changed any of the the rules for how they determine these things, but it used to be if you weren't actively seeking a job opportunity for two for the last two weeks, then they just drop you out of the labor force. And so you don't get included as uh, unemployed. And so, yeah, all of these numbers are basically meaningless. The They are able to massage these statistics to make anything look better than it is on paper. And then, yeah, Karine Jean-Pierre can go out there and tout these bullshit numbers. But people that have to live in reality, like if you don't live in Washington, D.C., and in that bubble and you actually have to live in the real world and you have to buy these products where the, the price of things has gone through the roof. I mean, it's not even close. Uh, not when they were uh, admitting to 9% inflation, it was easily twice that easily. Like nothing. I went, when I went back to the U S when I was buying things, nothing was even close to uh, double what I, what I paid for the last time I was there. It was like triple the price of everything that I looked at. I couldn't believe it. And it's just getting worse and worse. Um, they, they can keep bringing these numbers down and, uh, using substitution methods and all these hedonic things with the um, with the uh, CPI to make it sound good and give them talking points. But the people know people have to uh, when you go to the store and you're buying things, when you're eating out at a restaurant and it's, uh, you know, the, the dish that used to be eight or nine dollars is twenty five, thirty dollars now. Um it doesn't matter what Kareem Jean-Pierre says, like people at a certain point, they're not going to believe it anymore. They're just going to tune it out. So I actually pulled up the uh, the labor force participation rate. And for most of the Obama administration, actually since 2000, the labor force participation rate has been pretty high. It's been above 63 or right around or above 63%. In April of 2020, when COVID lockdowns hit their peak and everything, it dropped down to 60%. We are currently at about around 62%. And a lot of that didn't didn't really start to come back until uh, like middle of the year last year. Like it was a, a slow creep. I guess kind of once we got past all of the are they going to have the, the vaccine mandates and stuff like that, like once all of that kind of got uh, snuffed out, then because I guess that was in that was in early 2022, uh, January of 2022 was around when they were having a lot of that. Uh, is it or isn't it going to become a mandatory thing? And then after, so after that got snuffed out, then, then the labor force participation got back up and it's, it still hasn't hit anything near what it was all through the 2000s up to 2020, but it's, it has rebounded, but yeah. 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 Off of the, the COVID lows. So yeah, like when you, when you get to cherry pick these, um, these start and end dates for your statistics, it's, yeah, I can make anything sound good. Uh, pick something in the middle of COVID and then pick it now. And then from then until now, and the number will go up or down, depending on, you know, if you wanted to go up or down. Uh, take inflation from an all-time high, a uh, 40-year high at 9.2% or wherever. I think it got up to 9.2%, something like that. And then compare it to now. Yeah, it, it looks pretty good. 
it looks like you cut inflation in half. But if you go back a little farther, uh, go back another year or two, well, then it's uh, it went from 1.4% to 4 point something percent. So quadrupled almost. Uh, things are not going too well. And the idea that you're going to put your, uh, not only your stamp of approval on it, but your name, you're going to give it a name, Bidenomics. Um, almost any time they do that, it's not a good sign. Reaganomics. <laughs> um, uh, who is the, the guy in Japan? Um, Abenomics. <laughs> it's just every time they give it a name, it's, it's never uh, sound economic policy. All right, we got a few yeah, minutes left. What uh, we got something else in the stack? I think I sent you. Uh, what was the thing about Brown University? Oh yeah, Brown University is super duper gay. <laughs> they um, the amount of people. Yeah, this will be something we can get out of here on. I, I just found this uh, just another anecdotal um story about our theory on this whole 2s lgbtqia plus community um 38 of students say at brown university say they don't identify as straight anymore um that is let's see between 2010 and 2023 um, the amount of people identifying as part of the alphabet jumbled community has nearly tripled. <laughs> so in the last uh, 13 years, it's um, it's tripled. And they've given you a bunch of options to choose from. So the Herald uh, offered uh, a greater number of options for sexual orientation and allowed respondents to select multiple options to better represent the diversity of Brown's LGBTQ plus community. Now, I how come they can get by with without doing the whole acronym or whatever? Uh, doesn't this offend the the two soul people, two S and the uh, IAs? It was that uh, asexual and intersexual or something. I don't even know what. Well, so I'm looking at the uh, looking at the graph here, and it looks like most of them are bisexual and. And then quite a few homosexual. They used to just have other as the, the third category, but they gave them questioning or unsure, queer, pansexual, and asexual, as well as other. So now most of there aren't a whole lot who identify as other. I guess they're I guess the uh QIA plus is mostly limited to queer, asexual, pansexual, and questioning. Yeah, it looks like uh, nobody is identifying as other anymore for the last uh, couple of years, last year, year or two, 2022 to 2023. Um, yeah. So I guess question. we don't really need what to are you watch, questioning. <laughs> Dude, this is, they have done just a spectacular job of confusing kids these days. And the, just the, the decision I could go to Brown, probably. Right. This idea that you're the numbers have tripled and it's just I mean, if you talk to somebody in this community, they'll just say, well, it's because people aren't afraid to come out anymore. And the world is more accepting of all these different um, lifestyles or sexual orientations. But I mean, dude, from 2010, like 2010, everybody was pretty accepting of the LGBT, the LGB, at least community. 
I don't know about the rest of the letters. I don't know when those all came into existence. Uh, but yeah, even just from like uh, 2015, 2018 to now, like if the number doubled, that's still an insane trajectory that that we're on as a society. So either this is, you know, this whole story that they're born this way is complete bullshit or um, this idea that, you know, it's you can be manipulated and socially constructed into thinking some of these things. Maybe that holds some holds some water. I don't know. What are your thoughts? This you've got a bunch of kids. Thirty uh, yeah. percent of them are they? What what are they doing now? Are they questioning? Are they pan? What's pansexual? Is that just like? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like you're attracted to everything. No, <laughs> everything's in the pan. I have no idea what pansexual is. Uh, so, <clears throat> from what I've gathered from, so I got junior high age kids. Um, well, Sean's in high school now, but from what I've gathered from talking to them about their schools and stuff. This generation that's coming up, the ones that are hitting college now, the ones that are in middle school and high school now, they've seen, you know, all of their their peers on YouTube and TikTok and all of these things become popular for nothing more than just being, you know, a fucking idiot. And utilizing the... and really not even the LGB, like utilizing the TQIA plus insanity, that gives you a chance to be unique and for people to notice you and to pay attention to you. And you have a, you have an opportunity through that to be, you know, somebody that people look at and say, oh, because for some reason, these moron fucking kids these days think that people need to look at, look at them and say, oh, and like give them attention. I, I wasn't raised though. I mean, maybe it was because I was raised on a farm and most of my childhood was spent on a tractor out in the middle of a field somewhere where nobody saw me. Like, yeah. you know, but like they all want to be seen and heard and recognized. And so this is like the easiest way. It's like the fucking Miss Netherlands is they, it's the first uh, trans woman to win miss netherlands you've got the first trans woman to win miss nevada like just go be a dude wear a dress and grow your hair out and you're gonna win beauty pageants and stuff because if they don't let you win then they're bigots and you can blast them on social media like this is how you get to be famous this is how you get attention is just by doing this ridiculous shit yeah, and and you get a bunch of praise heaped on you for accomplishing nothing, for doing nothing, right. and it yeah, it gives you uh, status. It gives you like a special status now as a kid, where you probably wouldn't have um, anything special going for you. Um, especially you know all these like yeah, there's always like weird kids when you're in high school or whatever that didn't get any attention that were getting made fun of and picked on or whatever. And then if you, you know, if you make yourself a member of this community, this protected community, you get praise, you get special privileges, uh, you get, you know, they're working on getting um, admission standards to schools and things like that. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy what they're, what they're doing to these kids and the, uh, and, and the whole thing could be nipped in the bud if instead of 
pandering to it and catering to it and allowing it. Parents just stood up, saw it for the attention grab that it is and said, knock it the fuck off. Don't quit acting like a right. moron. And and also it's just you know, like obsessing about obsessing about your sexuality and having it define your identity and like you as a part, like everything about you is just revolves around what you know what weird thing you're into sexually <laughs> it's just such a bizarre a bizarre way to live your life and you should be putting value in other things uh and you should be teaching your kids to value other things and not obsess about what they're sexually attracted to but what do i i don't have any kids so anyway um i guess we'll just get out of here on that uh brown university super duper gay I think that's yeah, that's the name of the that's the name of the article on uh, on Zero Hedge. But yeah, thirty eight percent of the students do not identify as straight anymore at Brown. So if, you're, if your kid tells you they're they're interested in going to Brown, that's a huge red flag. Like that's a rainbow flag. flag. Rainbow <laughs> flag. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Of those who self-identified as LGBTQ+, only 22.9% describe themselves as strictly gay or lesbian. So the, you know. Well, that's the thing. It's not enough to just be gay or lesbian. That's no, not unique. No, no, no. Yeah. That's, you, may, you may as well be straight if you're just a regular gay or lesbian person. Like, you have to be something unique and different and special. Like, you can't just be a... You can't just be a regular homo. You got to. No, yeah, it's not. It's not cool enough anymore. It's just regular run of the mill uh, lesbianism. That's no good. It's like uh, with tattoos, like everybody like it used to be a thing like weird tattoos and piercings. It it separated you from the bunch, but now everybody has them. And so it's almost like uh, not having tattoos is is the new tattoo. You got any tattoos? No, I'm au natural. So I'm a rebel. <laughs> but yeah, that I think that's kind of where this is going. This pendulum has to swing back the other way. There's just no way. I mean, what's going to happen in like a couple of years when like more than half the people <laughs> at Brown University identify as LGBTQIA+. Do they get scholarships for that shit? Or? Probably. Yeah, I, I'm sure it helps with the admission, you know, uh, if you get to talk about your, diff, you know, your difficulty with, you know, struggling with which letter to pick from that. You know, Brown thing. used to be pretty selective. I bet that is, I bet that's part of reason. The reason that they identify with all that shit is because you're more likely to get. Yeah. Well, not. Yeah. And the your questioning is like that, that could be your whole essay. <laughs> you know, you had to you really struggled to figure out which one of those letters you are. Because it's got to be one of them, apparently, or the plus symbol. So, oh, did I lose you? All right. Well, hopefully, I'm still recording. I think I lost Justin, but anyway, we got to wrap. I'm coming up on time here, and I gotta, I gotta get going. So we're just gonna wrap here. Thank you all so very much for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. You can become a supporting listener of the show. I will link to that in the description. A monthly recurring donation gets you into the Friday night happy hours and gets you some extra content that I put out on uh, the Substack if it's uh, at least five, uh, $5 a month. So um, do all that for me, and I will be back 
with a new episode for you uh, sometime in the next uh, week or so. It might be a solo episode because I think Justin's going on vacation, so we probably won't be able to connect. But uh, until then, guys, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.